Hello there, welcome to another episode of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. I am Aaron Osborne, your host. Um, real quickly before we get to this episode, I just wanted to say a very large thank you to everyone who's checked out the podcast so far, everyone who's been giving me uh, advice, input, creative criticism, it's all welcomed. Um, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or we got a website, Um the website's www.obliviousmaximuspodcast.com. All the other things are pretty much Oblivious Maximus Podcast. Just search for it, you'll find us. Um, yeah, it's been great getting input from people, and it's been awesome that people have been tuning in. Um, this week, my guest is my good friend, Colin Young. Colin sings for a band called Twitching Tongues from LA, uh, and also plays guitar in a band called God's Hate. Um... I have been friends with Colin for a while now. Uh, we, I exist. My band toured with Twitching Tongues and Harm's Way in Europe a couple of years ago, and then Twitching Tongues came to Australia last year, and I exist toured with them. Um, I get along really well with Colin. We got a lot um, in common, and you know, it's been sick to have a friendship that's clicked with someone from overseas, and that we've been able to uphold despite the distance. Um, so I thought it'd be sick to get you know, someone from America on the podcast being that the two other guests I've had have been mates from Australia. So I thought I'd mix it up a bit. Um, this episode was done on FaceTime over the internet. So there's some patchy audio quality and there's some dropouts and stuff, but that's what you get when you talk to people from the other side of the world. So if anyone has anything to complain about that, go to my website and tell me how to make it better because I'm still learning how to do this stuff. Um, but yeah, I had a good chat with Colin about Twitching Tongues and about his life growing up and being in a band with his brother and yeah, just being friends and got some tips from him for LA lunch spots. So if anyone's in Los Angeles and you want food, listen to Colin because he knows how to eat. Um, but yeah, so here's Oblivious Maximus number three with Colin Young from Twitching Tongues. Enjoy. Brutal. Let's do it. All right. Colin Young. My good What the friend. fuck is up? Fuck yeah. yes. Um... <laughs> Alright, well, I've started all the other ones with asking people how they primarily got into music. Like, how, what was your first oh. experience with getting into music? Well, uh, it's a good, it's a good little question there, Aaron. Thanks, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, my, when my brother and I were younger, we grew up in Connecticut, which to the Aussies is a state on the East Coast. But uh, even to some to some Americans, it's a state on the East Coast. Yes. Uh, uh, and uh, we had an older brother named Aaron. Still do have an older brother named Aaron. Fuck yeah. Great guy. Uh, good name, huh? Yeah, fuck it uh, He wasn't really into hardcore, but grew up with kids that were into hardcore and they would like leave records and stuff in his car all the time yeah and one of those records 
was a band called Grimlock from mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Yeah. And that that was the first hardcore band that Taylor and I ever heard. Taylor was like, I don't know, ten or something. Yeah. And I was and I was like five or six, and we were both just like, "What is this? <laughs> oh my god!" It was great. so extreme. It was great. Uh, then you know, slowly started finding other things. Yeah. Uh, there was this cha- there was this channel here called MTVX Channel Four Seventy Two for a while <laughs> that had like they played the uh, like a bunch of sick of it all and Biohazard videos and stuff and that was you know thought that was cool. Yeah. And, and then I got into stuff like Slipknot and then kind of went, went back into biohazard and sick of it all yeah right. i was like oh this shit oh this shit i heard in elementary school was cool yeah cool yeah so but so that evolved into yeah like so. i had i had a period as well obviously i'd say most people of our general age bracket had like yes. a fairly uh comfortable relationship with new metal at one point or another oh. and like yeah you know it's it's all it's our dirty little secret yeah <laughs> Like, I know for me, and like I said this when I was talking to Patty in the other one I did, that like, for me, it came pretty heavily out of my parents getting divorced. Like I was already, I was already listening to like, you know, that, that sort of stuff. But then my parents got divorced and I was like, I need something to be sad to. Yeah. That that was it. I think it's just that it was like, it was a more extreme thing than than the normal yeah commercial music you know and it For was sure. it was so easy it was so easy to hear at the time yeah that as an as an impressionable as two impressionable young lads <laughs> it's like it's like oh this this is heavier than fucking bush yeah cool fucking you know? <laughs> so. um all right so clearly when it started out for you it was like uh, your older brother was sort of guiding you through that in the sense that if it had not been for his friends that knew that shit, you wouldn't have heard, or you may Absolutely. not have heard that for a while. Um, Absolutely. A- after, after, you know, you sort of started developing that a bit more, where did, where did it take you from there? Like, were there other people who guided you through that? Was it people at school? Was it Taylor? Was it, uh, Taylor, Taylor was definitely a big part of it. You know, um, once like eighth grade hit, mm-hmm. I was I, I had started playing drums and like I had never done anything musical yeah. up until then, so I fucking sucked ass. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, he was he was good for just like hey look at this listen to this listen to this yeah. But uh, when I was that young, uh, the thought of him, the thought of him being in a band with me made him laugh. Tyler. I would never fucking do that. It's my little brother. Why would I do that? <laughs> look, look at, at us look now. Look at you now. <laughs> yeah. Kiss my ass, Taylor. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so when you started playing music then, was that a reflection yeah. of listening to hardcore and stuff? Was that what made you want to play drums? Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely aggressive stuff. I just wanted to hit the China symbol, you know? <laughs> That's all I wanted. I give, me that, wanted give me that four count. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then ride that shit all day. Yeah, yeah, sick. And so, when when that was happening, was that still in Connecticut at that point, or was that in LA? No, that was yeah. We had moved to California at this point. Yeah. So, and we were just so so bored that. Yeah. 
Um, and when when you got into doing that, like the first bands you were in, they were obviously not with Taylor. No, I was in a weird like metalcore band in uh, in ninth grade. Yeah. That I sang that I sang in. Yeah. That has like one song recorded. Yeah. What was the band that called? Is, that is, it was called Buried in Silence. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I can imagine that logo just so brutal. Oh, I don't know that we ever had a logo. I also don't know that I... I don't think that I ever wrote lyrics. I would just make make sounds and then like later be like, oh, this kind of sounds like this word. Fuck yeah. So this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that was stupid. Fucking sick. Um, all right, so when, when did you start... Well, when was the turning point for Taylor that he decided that it was all right to be in a band with his little brother then? Um, he played in this really embarrassing eight person militant straight edge band called fight everyone at the time perfect uh and it's like uh their drummer quit and broke edge and stuff mm-hmm. and like ha- and, and uh so he was out fuck him he was out obviously <laughs> but um uh, what was uh, and then he was just like, you want to try it? And I was like, me? <laughs> like, like fucking 15 or 16 at the time. Yeah. Just getting my chops up, you know? Hitting so that then I started playing drums. Staying, started playing drums in that, but like that was, that was already like, that band was already on its way out. And, okay. Uh, so Taylor and I started a band called Ruckus. Yep. Which, which was like, the goal was like kickback meets Marauder meets like Fury of Five. Yeah. <laughs> it was so just, it was super, you know, ignorant, wigger, yeah, bouncy shit. You know. Yeah. Very bouncy. Yeah. Uh, so bouncy. Yeah. But as that went on, we it just started to become more metal, and people were like, "This isn't the bouncy stuff that I wanted. I don't like it anymore." So. So less bounce uh, yielded, not so positive results in the LA oh, hardcore that's, landscape. That's a positive, but there was also not much positive response ever to Ruckus. Like I think we played like three sets total where we were like, "That was pretty good." You know? <laughs> uh, I get the feeling so. just from when I was visiting you that people seem to appreciate Ruckus more since it now, isn't a and band. It's like, what? And it's like, what are you? Who are you? Yeah. You know why? <laughs> why? Why now? Yeah. Where were before you? it was before we were the we were Southern California's like no good bastard band. <laughs> bastard child right where it would be like oh god Ruckus is on the show let's let's show up like an hour late you know? oh. all right <laughs> not the best place to be no but it was fun so when did when was the decision then made for you to not do that anymore? Was that like a natural thing or was it just like this? No, we can't well, do this? It, it, it came over time, but we, Ruckus was actually still active during when Twitching Tongues started. Twitching right. Tongues started as, as kind of a side thing to Ruckus surprise. Okay. Yeah. Um, and was the initial beginnings of that, was it just primarily to try something different or was it? Like- well, Taylor, Taylor, and I wanted to do, we had toyed with the idea of me singing in a band doing clean vocals for some time. Yeah. Since I was in like in like tenth grade. Yeah. And then uh 
it was just kind of like, all right, well, we're we got nothing to do today. Should we start working on a demo? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So at that point, so, had Taylor already started recording stuff by then? Yeah, he was uh, by like 2008 or 2009. Yeah, he had kind of started doing like just demos for bands and stuff. Right. Um, but he had been toying with like audio equipment since like fucking 2005, 2006. Right. And just kind of slowly figuring things out on his own. Yeah. Taught himself how to do all that shit. It's really sick. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, obviously very proud of him and the shit that he does. Yeah. Well, it's definitely made, uh, I mean, as far as I can tell from, you know, seeing you guys there and hanging out with you and shit, it's made shit way easier for you guys in terms oh, of God. recording things it's and great. getting shit down. It's fantastic. Yeah. I can write a part every day and yeah. just go in and demo it, you know? Yeah, it's sick. Um, so yeah, so that that was just an idea that you guys had to try and do clean vocals. Had you been had you been practiced yeah. at singing like that in the past? Not really. I had been in a couple plays and like uh, uh, in like middle school and stuff, but that wasn't. Yeah. You know, I had forgotten everything I had learned by then. Yeah, and that's that's why the early stuff sounds the way it does, where I just sound like a fucking. I sound like a fart. I sound <laughs> awful. So. <laughs> When when that started, what what was the the most early influences Twitching Tongues had then? Uh, we had a band called Only Living Witness, mm-hmm. in which the band was named after. They have a song called Twitching Tongues. There you go. So that was that was right there, and then <laughs> Typo Negative is, was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Sorry, Life of Patty's Agony. just coughing really loud oh, in the background. Patty, you son of a bitch! Yeah. Patty, you bastard. Sorry, go on. Shout out to Patty. Shout out to Patrick Galvin. He's doing all kinds of layouts and designs for our bands and stuff now. He rocks. Fuck yeah. All right. Go on. All right. What was I saying? Uh, Influences for Twitching Tongues. Influences. All right. So we had only other witness, typo negative, life of agony, band called Agents of Man. Mm -hmm. Loved them. Loved them. Uh, Still love them. Check them out. All right. Uh, That was, you know, they were an early one where it was just like, you know, more aggressive stuff with clean vocals over it. And then yeah. eventually, you know, we were like, all right, let's, you know, let's add some, some doomy stuff, you know, like Black Sabbath and yeah. Candlemass and stuff, which slowly made its way in. Yeah. Well, I have to say that that was one of the things that drew me to your guys' riffs was the fact oh, yeah. that you had bluesy parts. Like there were yeah, bluesy <laughs> bits, you know? I know you, lo- I know you love those bluesy parts, Aaron. You fucking know it, dude. You know it. Fuck it. Um, Alright, and then, so from when when Twitching Tongues went from just being an idea, when, like, uh, when you sort of launched it to the world, what was the initial response to that? Because I I obviously knew knew you guys from being in Ruckus and stuff. Yeah, it was half like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And half like, this is pretty good. You know, I don't think anybody was was necessarily crazy about it right off the bat. Yeah. Aside from like a few people, like uh, our friend Calvin and Scott did this thing called Born Ill, mm-hmm. and they they like wanted to put our demo tape out and stuff, so we did that, and that was cool. Yeah. Uh, but like, never never did the demo on like a seven inch or anything like that. Right. That's kind of like the band, the a band's like natural first step. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just didn't, didn't really do it. I don't, I, I, I don't want to say people didn't like it because like, I, you know, people still want to hear those songs. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was, it was like as, as kind of polarizing then as mm-hmm. it is now. Right. But not quite to the same extent. Degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. so when on that demo, did you and Taylor just do everything on the demo? Yeah, I I played drums and he did all the instrument, the other string instruments and shit. Yeah, uh, it took us like a couple, you know, a couple weeks to put those first three songs together, and then vocals took another couple weeks. And it was, you know, it was weird to to uh, to lock in like what exactly we wanted the vibe to be, you know? Yeah. So was that part was of like, was that part of the recording process as well? Sort of figuring out oh, yeah, what absolutely. was going to happen. More, more so in vocals, like it was like, all right, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, yeah. like I had never done this before. Uh, there weren't many bands doing it at the time. Like there was like War Hungry, fucking Rocks, yeah, and, and a couple others that were dabbling in like clean stuff. Yeah, but but I I you know I, I was trying not to sound like any of those bands so i was like all right what can i do to differentiate myself yeah and was it from was it from then as well that you started trying to like i mean i guess develop your vocals and your clean singing a bit more too was it like right off the bat or was that something that came later um developing them kind of came as a as a natural thing that just kind of had to happen yeah it was like, all right, I gotta fucking figure this shit out. Yeah. You know? So, so I would start practicing all the time, because I would, my voice would just die after singing a couple times, and I, yeah, I was just, I was so like, I was so like fascinated by, like major artists who, condition their voice in crazy ways and keep it going for months at a time. Yeah, for sure. When 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 mine would be dying after singing three shows. Yeah, well, which, I think you know, a lot can, of people. I would argue that a lot of people, specifically in the hardcore scene, don't understand how difficult it is to actually sing clean dude, vocals. Like, it's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like like yelling is one thing, and it's hard to yeah. make yelling sound good too. But like, yeah. I I would argue that definitely you got to bust your ass a lot harder to yeah, sing dude. properly. It's it's tough, man. I mean, like, I I I haven't played a show without warming up in like four years now. I know uh, well. I, you know very well. You've heard it firsthand. You know, like I'm drinking just like gallons and gallons of water every day before a show just to keep it all keep it all lubed up. You know. Yeah. I would and, argue uh, that I reckon you you may have drunk the most water I've ever seen a human consume in it. my life. You better believe it, baby. Yeah. I'm glad somebody noticed. You know? Fuck yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> fucking uh, oath. Fucking oath, mate. Um, fucking oath. Alright, so <clears throat> after doing the demo and recording and shit, when did other people start coming into the fold so you could play shows? Ah, yes. Enter Keith Paul, mm-hmm. the original bass player and then bass player for Ruckus. Yep. Who I guess is technically now still the bass player for Ruckus, but... Not an active band, but he sure. went out on top. Yeah. <laughs> so, Keith, uh, we got him on bass. He was psyched. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and and then my friend, 
Nate, who sings in God's Hate with me, who mm-hmm. are you, who you are friends with, very much, uh, told us about this dude named Mike who lived in Orange County, who who had like learned all the songs and, and just you know wanted to see if we needed a drummer. Yeah, and it was like, well, Mike, we do. So Mike bought double bass pedals to try out for the band. That's so funny that and, he uh, didn't yeah, know. <laughs> didn't know. So he drove up to our area and practiced with us, and we were like, all right, he's he's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like this, the like this, it was kind of thing where we were like, you know, this will work for now. Like, you know, if somebody else maybe can play for us later, it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Since, you know, we don't know this guy. But then, you know, we fucking clicked immediately. Like, we love Mike so much. He's obviously still in the band. He's the he's the OG. Yeah. And, and he's and a he fucking, the, he's a great drummer. Dude, dude, that's the thing. Is his improvement is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane how yeah. good he is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even when, like, talking to, like, I guess people who've maybe known him for a bit longer than you guys, they, yeah. like, have all said to me, like, he was... Like, when he joined Twitching Tongues, people were like, oh. He could barely play drums. Yeah. And then now he's, like, fantastic. He's a fucking ripper. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He's better at double bass than any person that I know. Yeah. So, That's sick. So, okay, so that you, Taylor, Keith, and uh, Mike is the starting point. That's so the that's, that's demo. That's 2010 to 2012. Right. And when, when did you, when did the change come from that then? Obviously that lineup played a fuckload of shows and did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so where Uh, did the change from that come? All right. So interesting story. Mm -hmm. Keith, Keith, uh, bless his, bless his heart, love him to death. Yep. But he, uh, just kind of stopped caring. Yep. And uh, it, we started writing the Preacher Man 7-inch, which was Preacher Man, Feed Your Disease, and a Candle Mask cover. Yeah. And it was and it was like, all right, we're going to, we just wrote these songs, we're going to track them, like, in a couple weeks, but yep. can't wait, come on down, let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So Keith couldn't, Keith couldn't end up coming to tracking, and it was like, all right, well, Taylor was probably going to play bass on the record anyway, since he wrote the songs, you know? Yeah. Um. But then the record was finished, and it was like, all right, guys, here's the finished record. Like, this is it. Check it out. Like, what do you guys think of the mix and stuff? You know, uh, uh, like, Mike, great job on drums. Keith, what do you, like, start learning the bass parts, you know? And, like, it would just kind of be radio silence, you know? Wouldn't hear much. And then it came, the, the records were set to press. Yeah. Were done. It was like, all right, we get the, we are getting these records at this is hardcore fest this year. It's gonna be great. Yep. Can't wait. And then it was like, all right, so this record is gonna be out in a week. Keith, have you learned these songs yet? We are gonna play them at this is hardcore. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh, dude, I actually haven't listened to them, but uh, Kyle told me they're sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, okay, cool. So someone who's not in the band. Yeah. Uh, so Keith learned Preacher Man, and we played it at the fest, and it was kind of like, all right, so that's going to be Keith's final hurrah. Sure. And then, and then uh, we decided to part ways with him, mm-hmm. and kind of, I believe we didn't have a bass player for a bit. 
Yeah. And did you play shows in that time with people filling in? Or? We did. We had we had Nick Samayoa filling in for a while, who sings in forced order now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to Europe with us one time. Yeah. He did a, Euro, a U.S. tour with us one time. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, yeah. And so from then, when was the decision to get Leo and Kyle into the band? All right. So then comes we had these. Uh, uh, these West Coast shows with this band called Ill Intent, mm-hmm. where where uh, we played with Disgrace as well. So Leo and Kyle were just kind of there. Um, uh, and we were playing in this place called Eastside Joe's in Las Vegas. Yep. And uh, and Leo was like, "Yo, let me let me play second guitar tonight." And he was like, "Are you sure?" He's like, yeah, I know the songs. It'll be sick. Yeah. Let's just try it for fun. Because there's, like, not many people here. You might as well just fucking do it. And he was like, oh, all right, let's do it. Yep. So that that was the first time that ever happened. And it just felt felt real for the first time, you know? Yeah, right. So that was a, was like, a sort of turning shit. point in the band as well yeah. then. It was like, this is what this could sound like every night. Yeah. And then at one point one point during the show, Taylor's guitar gear went out. Yeah. And where, where normally... There would just be silence during a Twisting Tongue set there. Yeah. There was fucking Leopoldo Orozco Jr. Just tearing it up. Still rocking. And it was like, oh my God, this is what this is like now. Yeah. And it was great. And that was that was when we knew that we wanted Leo in the band. But the, the issue was, it was like, all right, so is Twisting Tongue really going to be all of Disgrace plus Colin? Because that's going to be kind of weird. Right. Know? Yeah. And then it was just like, ah, fuck it. It'll just make touring easy if we need a second band to play. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't uh, think... So that's the way it is now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would have... I mean, I certainly didn't at all when I you became aware that you were both... You, you guys were collectively in similar bands kind of thing. But, like, I don't think anyone would ever, ever go like, oh, fuck that band. It's just the dudes from that other band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, with those guys in the band, you then mm-hmm. start developing music with them as well. When, when does that occur? Uh, shortly after. It, okay. was, it was like, uh, after Sleep Therapy, which was our first record, it was like, alright, well, we're going to write a more aggressive record. Yeah. And just kind of, kind of a better, more focused one. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, you know, the Preacher Man 7 included. Yep. Um, and then... It, it was just, it was great to have, like, Taylor and I still primarily write most of the music, you know? Yeah. And then we'll we'll demo it and send it to them, and it's like, whereas Keith would have been, like, silent, they'll be like, oh, I fucking love this part, this part, and this part, and I think this part and this part could change. Mm-hmm. And, like, do this, do this on a different fret and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, motherfuckers, that's what I want to hear, yes! Yeah, yeah, sick. So... So, like, then, like despite they, despite it still coming primarily from your and Taylor's influence, just having those guys there has sort of helped oh, yeah. it, mold it them, a bit better. Having them and Mike for input is, is a beautiful thing. It's great. Yeah. Well, I think as someone, I guess, who knows you guys as well, you can hear, like, you know, since becoming friends with you guys, I can now, I can hear things that are clearly impressed on by the other people in the band as well, you know? Like, you can hear where parts have had influence from someone else, you know? Exactly. Which is cool. Yeah. 
It's great. Yeah, sick. So, um, I guess where where from that point? Like, obviously, Twitching Tongues has been going for a long time at this stage. What other things? Yeah, this is like this is like four years in or something. Yeah. What other things throughout were you still doing musically outside of Twitching Tongues, or was that primarily your focus for that? That was time? that was the big focus. I mean, they they all had other stuff. Like Taylor had been doing nails since like two thousand nine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kyle, Mike, and Leo were doing this band called Creatures from here at the time. Yeah. Um, while those guys were kind of doing their thing, I had little stuff that I worked on, but nothing. Nothing crazy. Like, Twitching Tongues has always been number one. Yeah. Um, so, was it more of a recent year's development that you had decided, you know, to do God's Hate and stuff, like playing guitar as well? Well... Oh, you had your Doom band uh, before that too, yeah? Oh, yeah. That was just like a thing I did by myself and yeah. just a fun thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, I wrote a bunch more music for that, but then just kind of decided to, to not do it anymore just so it wouldn't conflict with twitching tongues and like take up too much time and stuff exactly so uh put that on the back burner Mm -hmm. and then and then i had been wanting to just do a band with nate for so long and wanted him to front the band that it was finally just like all right fuck this like let's write some stuff yeah here we go and i had just gotten that that guitar that i use now yeah which i fucking love yeah. So that was kind of my thing where it was like, all right, I got this cool guitar. <laughs> got it. I should do something with it. You know? Yeah. Start writing music. So there was that. So then that seven inch was written in a, like a, a, like a month or so. Mm-hmm. And then put it out close casket. My man, Justin, who rocks. Fuck yeah. And here we are a year later, just recorded an LP. That's so, so sick. It's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and yeah. was that, like, has that all been an important thing for you, like, I guess, personally, to, despite having, like, a fairly busy thing to do with Twitching Tongues, has it been important for you musically to have other outlets and to continue playing drums and playing guitar and stuff, like? I would say yes, like, it create, not being creative in some way yeah. can be really, can be really stunting to me, Yeah. You know? Like, I can fucking kill... Like, I, all I want to do is write music. You know? I don't fucking give a shit about anything else. Yeah. So, when I'm, when I'm not doing that, I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, it's like... I think that's, you know, fairly similar for most people who are like... Yeah. I would argue that are active in terms of they are capable of doing more than one thing as well. Like, I know for sure, despite the fact that I don't really play drums anymore... Like, that's why I play guitar in a bunch of bands is because I can't just do I exist all the time because, like, well, one, I don't live anywhere near them, but also, if I only did that, I'd fucking lose my mind just doing that, too, you know? I mean, you're only only fulfilling one of your many musical desires, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, well, maybe one thing that I wanted to touch on was, like, how, Touch it, baby. how it has been, you know, obviously, you know, you grew up with Taylor and then mm-hmm. as you, you went through life, how has it shaped the relationship you've had with him being in so many, like being in bands with him for so long and doing music with I mean, we've him? Obviously, we've obviously gotten very close. You know, yeah. We lived together. Yeah. Uh, 
where before it was kind of like, all right, I guess I'll do this band with my brother. And now it's like, all right, let's fucking, I'm, we're going to do all of our bands together because fuck it. Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. Uh, like God's Hate is the first thing. No, that's not true. But God's Hate and Violent Situation were two things that I started in the past two years where it was that weren't involved with Taylor. Yeah. And they're kind of the first things that I've really done that weren't involved with Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he still records them, though. But, yeah, uh, yeah, like, he, he like I, I would, uh, from just a total outsider, I, you know, it, it does seem like that, you know, just him being supportive of you doing that, that is essentially him him being a part of it, though, too, you know? Yeah, like, totally. Exactly. You know? That's great, though. That's really cool. Um, all right, so how has, like, you know, the, the life you've led so far how has how would you say music has impacted on it like uh you know beneficially like how is how do you see your life now like do you see music as being like something that has really driven you to absolutely and it's like and is it something that's you know helping shape your adulthood as well i would say yes i feel um it is it is the number one driving force of my life yeah like I, like i said you know when i am not doing something involved with music i'm i i'm going fucking insane yeah like, if i'm not writing something or obsessing about a record yeah i i feel empty yeah you know? no i understand that so, so what uh insight would you like to give into the current status of things with twitching tongues what can you hey. reveal well we signed to a new label mm-hmm. which should be announced soon which that will is name, a worldwide thing which will which stay we, nameless for the moment which will remain nameless for a bit yeah. uh it's a worldwide thing so all my fucking aussie awesome. pals got it there fucking oath fucking oath skitsy desmond mate <laughs> <laughs> In practice. Uh, oh, I'm learning. Yeah. Siggy butt brain. Fuck yeah, it's all on the internet, mate. Future <laughs> lessons right there. Um, so I'm yeah, you've sure. you've signed to a new label, which will yes, yes. be announced soon. And what is the current development soon. of that? Current development is our new album is about ninety percent done. Oh my god. Being written. So that we start recording. Yep. On May first. Cool. May 1st, 2015, we begin recording our third full-length album. Sick. And Sick. where would you say the development has gone musically, just before anyone even gets to hear it? Well, I would. I think right off the bat, mm-hmm. first note of first song, it, you can tell that it's like, it's a lot more extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the jump from our first album to our second album, is pretty crazy. Yeah. I'd say it's about as crazy of a jump from the second to the third. Like we don't, we didn't want to write the same record twice. Yeah. Um, we wanted to keep it extreme mm-hmm. while still building on how catchy it can be. Yeah. You know? Well, that, I mean, I think that's so. something that's, well, I mean that I definitely noticed in touring with you guys that, and mm-hmm. just seeing you play otherwise that, 
is like very distinctive of your band is that regard i'd say regardless of where you've played like i've seen you play big metal festivals and i've seen you play small Mm -hmm. hardcore shows and i've seen you play the strangest european venues (laughs) in the world but slovakia fuck yeah slovakia um but (laughs) i would say that something that rings true through all of that is that like there's a lot in your band to latch onto. Like there is Hey, thanks, dude. Uh, it's fine, dude. There's um <laughs> you know, there's pe- some people are there for the catchy parts and some people are there for the you know for the, the mush. The mush. But I'd say like cool. having the the link up of like the metal influence and the hardcore influence and then the hooks, that's like Yeah. Brings it together really that's, well. That's that's the goal, man. You summed it up. I really, I should do some uh, promotional ventures for Twitching Tongues. Um, yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Well, so after, like, after the like, all these things have been changing, like in the sound of Twitching Tongues as it's gone on. Has your <laughs> musical taste, as you see them, developed throughout as well? I'll go through cycles of, you know, wanting to take in as many things from as many genres as possible mm-hmm. to, like, just wanting to listen to Slayer for, like, three months, you know? Yeah. Um, right now, I'm in a mood where I just want to listen to Slayer for three months. Fucking, so, right. so I just, uh, you know, if, if it's not extreme to some degree, it's I not can't sitting appreciate right with you. it. I can't appreciate it currently. Yeah, that's all right. But I know I'll, I'll get back to the point where I, you know, want to listen to Depeche Mode and other weird shit. So. And you just be sitting there just playing Blues Traveler's Hook over and over again. Oh, God. What a <laughs> fucking song. Holy fuck. So good. How many times did we listen to that when I was there? I don't know. 300? Too, too many. It's the most... It was, it was a fun story. When we toured in Australia... For some reason, I just had Hook by Blues Traveler stuck all the way in my head. <laughs> and and like four times a day, I'd be like, Aaron, will you will you put Hook on, please? And I was happy and to my, oblige. And, and, and by the end of the year, it was the most played song on his Spotify. It was. I was at... Which is just fantastic. I was at Colin's house on his couch looking, because a bunch of people did the year in Spotify things. And my, my my year in Spotify. My number one song by like by far was Blues Travel <laughs> by Hook. <laughs> Hook by Blues Travel. Oh, by Blues Travel. What a, Dude. What a song. Yeah. Very good. Um Alright, well I mean I guess th- that's that's something I guess is very similar of a, a lot of people who play in hardcore bands and play in metal bands and stuff, is that they have you know, obviously, people like music outside of extreme right. stuff. They just, well, I mean, a lot of people don't really advertise it too much. But what right, yeah. what what are some influences that you have that people, let's say, may not expect of someone in your band, kind of thing? What what would be influences for you that lay outside of alternative music? As in personally, or like towards switching tones? Well, both. Like, you could split oh, it up. Wow. Well. I mean, I love Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. Love them. That doesn't really, you know, go into Twitching Tongues too much, but yeah, man, they they uh, 
there's a little lesson to be learned about how to write how to write a hook yeah within a depeche mode record yeah and well so but i guess that also that indirectly applies then to twitching tongues i suppose it does yeah by way Uh, of if you're figuring out hooks through that stuff we're like normal not that that's normal but like pop music and just regular accessible shit in general Mm -hmm. is good to if nothing else but to kind of learn the blueprint of how to write a song yeah how to structure a song yeah so that's cool there's you know everybody should listen to a little little bit of normal yeah just to to write some shit and is that stuff as well that shaped your vocals too other than clean vocal singing metal bands and hardcore bands and stuff i i don't i don't know shape as far as shaping my vocals you know there gets to a point where you kind of have to stop having influences to develop and, your own to develop your own thing and that's kind of what i've been trying to do where it's just like all right well i'm done trying to sound like this guy what do i sound like yeah you know? So, so that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is that something that you that's a process for you wherein you would look back over previous things you've recorded and try and, and... I'd be like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? Like there's a lot of stuff on the first record that is so hard for me to listen to. Yeah. Because one one, I mean, Taylor takes partial blame for the mix, but I don't blame him because I think the performance was dog shit. So so there's that, and it's just it's really tough for me to listen to. And when people tell me, like, "Hey, man, like, sleep therapy is so much better than a liberation law," it's like, you are. Have people fucking... said that to you? Yes, and it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I would agree that that's crazy. <laughs> like it because it, it's nostalgic or something. Like they got into it at the right time. Yeah. But man. I, I would just argue the, that the, the songs. The difference, know. yeah, the, so I agree. But like the difference in performance all around is just like now I'm I went from, you know, pretending to sing to to kind of singing. Yeah. So maybe they liked it better when I was I was faking it. <laughs> well, they're pricks. Put it that way. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I love them. Though. You Thank do you. love them. Thank you to all you weird people. That's all right. Um. Well, so I get that that when you can when it comes to you working through your vocals, is there like a method you have now? Is like is it something that you need to constantly upkeep despite even when you're not touring? Or is it No. No, it'll be like right before I need to do something, like I'll know that I need to start warming up every day and and like changing my diet, you know, like I can't eat certain things yeah when singing which oh god and it's you know you know that it 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 breaks me because ice cream ice cream makes my voice disappear yeah and and i think about ice cream 23 hours a day so (laughs) the other hour i'm thinking about milkshakes so still also ice cream so uh so yeah that that really gets to me when i'm deep in a tour and just want to fucking just want a cone, yeah. you know? Get some of that vanilla, yeah. bro. Oh, God. Don't say that word right now. I'll have to leave and, <laughs> leave and come back. Get a scoop. Fuck yeah. Um, 
All right, well, I guess one of the other things that I was interested in talking to you about is how you would see the... Like, has has where you lived and the way you grew up, has that in any way or shape informed uh, the kind of music that you guys write? Well, what really helps is having, you know, four people, four band members that I can relate to on pretty much every level musically, you yeah. know? Like, we, we like most of the same things, we dislike most of the same things. Mm-hmm. So it makes, it makes, like writing and just getting into stuff really easily when in terms of the kind of scope of California it's like if if that was really a factor in the shaping of our music it we fucking sound like Pennywise or something yeah you know? right okay uh, uh, which we don't no but not at all th- thank God <laughs> um, having such a strong core group of friends you know like all twitching tongues and like my friend Nate like it, it helps a lot to just be able to be like, you know what, this shit rocks, this shit sucks. Yeah. Uh, even, even though Nate likes Pennywise, and that's just, you know, that, that's his own he's, deal. He's, he's got it. He's got his issues, you know. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that I guess that's kind of a factor in the in the landscape you have then as well, in the sense that the friends you have have informed that, like. Absolutely. It's, it's not necessarily like where you are, but it's who you're with. It's who you're with, yeah, yeah sure. And I would I would argue that, you know, despite having that the locational thing with I exist as well, that is uh significant. It's in, your voice. Yeah, it's, it's Murph. Murph and Alex and fucking, uh, it is. fucking little mate Sam. Yeah, dude. Um <laughs> Alright, well uh I should try and wrap this up because this is becoming fucking nightmare trying to record this but yeah yeah um all right give me i've been in every well everyone the two other ones i've done of this i have gotten people to give me a top five list of something at the end and my top five that i put to you and this may be immensely difficult for you but dude you bastard what is this can you please give me your top five lunch destinations Oh shit! Yeah, baby, let's go. All right, number one. Oh, we'll go backwards. Go backwards. Number five, Frankie's Italian Kitchen, Tarzana, California. Oh yeah, you you know, motherfucker. I know. Uh, Try the drunken chicken, and then give me a call. You're gonna love it. To all the listeners out there, that's number five. Five. All right, number four. Number four, I'll give it to Chick Fil A. Mm -hmm. You know, classic. Some call it fast food. I call it fine dining. I would, so I would, I would argue, I would agree. Aaron, would, you would agree. All right, good. So number three, um, hmm. Wow, number three, the coveted bronze medal of lunches. <laughs> After Frankie's <laughs> and Chick Fil A. After Frankie's and Chick Fil A, like I'm trying to think of the things, the places I go to, the absolute most. All right, I'll probably give it up to Fab Hot Dogs. Yep. In uh, in Reseda, California. Also delicious. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I'm gonna give to my guys at Wingstop. Ah, well, well, number two. I know you're surprised that it's not number one. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can eat it so regularly and so whenever I please. Yeah. That you know, I can't quite give it the number one because I I tend to exhaust myself from it. Yes. Number one. So. The coveted number one. Mm-hmm. Here we go. 
Do you have a guess of what it might be? Because I think you do. I mean, there's a lot. Where do we go? There's so many. Where do we go? What's the big one that we went to? Took a nice little trek. I'm trying to think. Where do we where do we trek to? I don't know. You're gonna have to reveal it to me. It's lapse in my memory. Well, grill them all, baby. Oh, grill them all. Ah, yes. Big time. It is a metal. Oh, it's great. It's a metal themed burger, fast food. Not fast food because it's fucking sick. It's not fun. If you're ever in uh, if you're ever in Southern California. Check it out. It's fucking incredible. Great service. Great food. Grill them all. The deep fried lasagna burger. The deep fried lasagna burger. The man of war, it's called. Jesus Christ. That was insane. All right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, before, we, before we sign off, I want to tell a little story real quick. Okay? Go on. I want to tell a little story about uh, the, the uh, season was summer 2013, right? Yeah. Uh, we had just booked a European a co-headlining European tour with our friends of Harm's Way, who we were very familiar with, very good friends with at the time. And we find out that a band called I Exist from Australia is is opening this, the tour package. And we're like, all right, let's check this band out. Who is it? So we go and look, and it's this fucking twelve-piece band with all these, all these, all these Aussie cunts. And it's like, all right, I wonder what these fuckers are going to be like, you know? So we get to the first day a tour rolls around, and there's fucking eight guys in flip flops walking around. They're just <laughs> like, oh my god, these guys are just going for it already. I love it. <laughs> so I watch the first night. I watch I Exist, and it's like, oh my god, this is wild. They've got like stage moves where they're crossing paths, they're spinning <laughs> around. That you know, they're uh, they're just so wild looking. Second night, I watch them at this fest called Ghost Fest in the UK. They got the moves again. They're going wild. They're going nuts. I still hadn't, like, talked to you any, any of you at this point, you know? It's just like the shows just go by so fast that it's just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And, like, you don't really know who does what or, like, who's, yeah, who's, you know. But then, you know, day three or something, I get into a conversation with a young man named Aaron Osborne. Fucking here and, he is. And we just fucking clicked right away <laughs> and, and and here he is still my boy love him and when we can he he arranged for us to come to australia basically uh he drove for us he rocks aaron's my fucking man yes thank you for having me on your podcast motherfucker that's fine um do you want to advertise <laughs> anything real quick oh jeez. oh jeez. what do you got to spruce well uh you know God's Hate LP in summer. Mm-hmm. Twitching Tongues LP in the fall. Yeah. Oh, check out the Disgrace record. It's amazing. It is amazing. True Enemy. Welcome Closed Casket Activities. Comes out in a couple weeks. Comes out next week, I think. Yeah, all right. Uh, there's, a, there's a stream up. I love good music to come this year. I'm loving it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, thank you for doing this podcast with me despite no it problem, cutting in and out one million times hey they'll they'll never know they'll never know and did you ever notice no well you probably did that's the end of oblivious maximus number three i've never done an outro before i'm doing one now because the conversation with colin cut out but uh thanks again for listening tune in next week i have a new guest new podcast new hour of talking shit 
Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Oswald. Listen to I Exist. Listen to Twitching Tongues. Brutal.